everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron, And I'm Clayton. I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. <laughs> so this is our first episode of doing things a little bit differently. So this is our first intro app. Um, so what we're going to be doing moving forward is the first Wednesday of every month is going to be an episode where we sort of go over what we're going to be reading that month. It's a preview. A preview. Sneak preview. Yeah, we chat a little bit about it. Um, if you have questions for us you want to send we'll answer questions during this one Aaron, what are we reading in june so we got an email from sarah sarah who is probably not listening anymore because she said that you would be dead to her if you didn't like saint vincent oh yeah that's true so if anyone can reach sarah beyond the grave let her know we're reading the book she's not dead oh you're dead yeah i'm dead to her oh so i'm a ghost if she's listening i'm a ghost okay So listen to a ghost talk about one of your favorite books, Sarah. Uh, She writes, love, love, love your podcast. I just started reading Romance this year and cannot get enough. Your podcast has been a great introduction to authors and, of course, all the various tropes in this genre. As I listen to this podcast, I can't help but think you would love The Chance of a Lifetime series by Kate Claiborne. My absolute favorite is the second book in the series, Luck of the Draw. It has one of the best contemporary grovel scenes ever and an emotionally constipated hero, O'Aiden. Also, it is so hard to do a realistic fake engagement in contemporary romance, and this book nails the trope. Kate has gotten some great press from New York Times, Washington Post, and Oprah, and deservedly so. I would love to hear your discussion of one of her books. They are so smart and funny. Thanks, Sarah. Now, she... In the email, she has Oprah in all caps and yeah. uh, exclamation point. And when I was I was reading along with you, I was like, "You got to hit that because yeah, Oprah, that's huge. Oprah, that's bigger than the New York Times. Oh, that's totally. bigger than the Washington Post. I get all my news from Oprah. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. Just her Instagram, which is her carrying baskets of fresh food. Yeah, I'm and like, tell me what to read. That's all I need to know. Yeah. So, <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, we're reading Luck of the Draw by Kate Claiborne. Um, we'll let you know on Instagram sort of what the order will be. They probably won't be in this order necessarily. Um, but to let you know a little bit more about this book, we'll read the summary. Um, so, buying a lotto ticket with her two best friends didn't change Zoe's life. Only following her heart would do that. Sure, winning the lottery allows Zoe Ferris to quit her job as a cutthroat corporate attorney, but no amount of cash will clear her conscience about the way her firm treated the O'Leary family in a wrongful death case. So she sets out to make things right, only to find gruff, grieving Aidan O'Leary doesn't need or want her apology. He does, however, need something else from her, something Zoe is more than willing to give, if only to ease the pain in her heart, a sorrow she sees mirrored in his eyes. Aiden doesn't know what possessed him to ask his family's enemy to be his fake fiance, but he needs a bride if he hopes to be the winning bid on the campground he wants to purchase as part of his beloved brother's legacy. Skilled in the art of deception, the cool beauty certainly fits the bill. Only Aiden didn't expect all the humor and heart Zoe brings to their partnership or the desire that runs deep between them. Now he's struggling with his own dark truth and that he's falling for the very woman he vowed never to forgive. Are you excited, Clayton? Yeah, I like that he's putting a bid on a campground. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. You love a campground? I love it. I love the fight over a campground. Are you a camper? Um, geez. Well, I should say yes, but I'm truly not. No, you would be awful. No, I wouldn't be. I, I, I'm, I'm fine at it. I just don't <laughs> like it. Um, I feel like you're somebody like – 
if you could you sleep rough? Yes, I could sleep rough. I just don't prefer it. I, I give me air conditioning. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I like. I like everything about camping until we get to the sleeping part, and then I'm like, mm, seems like I should be in a bed. Well, people have invented houses, so yeah. there's no need for these things anymore. Right, we got houses. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, but yeah, I think this is going to be. I'm excited. It's a legal thriller. It seems like at least a part of it. A legal thriller. Well, no, isn't there something to do with uh, with a with a, a lawyer? Yeah, yeah. So there's a, some some thrilling legalese going on. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see a contemporary uh, marriage of convenience, which seems like it would be near impossible to pull off. Mm-hmm. But let's see. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Clayton, what's next? So we're also going to read Rafe. A Buff Male Nanny by Rebecca Weatherspoon. Um, so you met Rebecca at Rip Bodice. Yes. And I was a nanny. You were a nanny. It says here in the copy that I was a nanny. Uh, and that's true. You, Yeah, you tell the, the people about being a nanny. Oh, like what, what it was like? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was my first job in New York. I actually lived with the family. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. I'd never touched a baby before. <laughs> never held a baby before. And this is not a lie. This is not a joke. Um, <laughs> it made it seem like I was like shaming you for laughing. But no, it's like I truly had never held a baby before. Yeah. People would hold out babies to me. I'd say, no, thank you. How old was that. she when you started nannying for Two her? months. <gasps> a babe, fresh like one. a peanut. Like yeah. not even. So uh, I learned – by doing, mm-hmm. uh, which is the way you got to do it with a baby. Just have no prior knowledge. <laughs> but I did buy a book of what to expect in the first 12 months mm-hmm. and read it before I got the job, you know, well, before I actually moved in with the family. And it was awesome. It, you know, really taught me a lot about patience and, and things like that that I've uh, since forgotten. <laughs> but at the time, I, I, it did teach me a lot of, like, patience and stuff. And now I think I'm more adept with kids. I, I, if somebody handed me a baby, I'd, you know, smell their butt and be like, oh, needs changing, change mm-hmm. the diaper, things like that. So, yeah, so I would, have, I would have something in common with Rafe. How long were you with the family? Uh, I, like a year and a half, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because, well, by the, I mean, it had to be a little bit more than that because she was a little over two when um, they moved. And so I stopped being the nanny. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's, so let's see what this Rafe the Hotmail nanny is about. So all Dr. Sloan Copeland needed was someone to watch her kids. What she found was the man of her dreams. <laughs> After a nasty divorce and a thousand-mile move, Dr. Sloan Copeland and her twin daughters are finally getting the hang of their new life in Los Angeles. When their live-in nanny bails with no warning, Sloan is left scrambling to find a competent caretaker to wrangle her smart, sensitive girls. Nothing less will do. Enter Rafe Whitcomb. (laughs) He's all of those things, not to mention good-natured and one heck of a whiz in the kitchen. He's also tall and handsome and bearded. And ripped and tatted, wrist to neck. Doesn't take long for the Copelands to invite Rafe into their home. Just as quickly, both Sloan and Rafe find themselves succumbing to a heady mutual attraction. Neither of them wants to deny. With every minute they spend under the same roof, this working mom can't help but wonder if Rafe can handle all her needs. Mm. Okay, this standalone romance is fluffy, so fluffy, it's fluff. 
low angst, fluff, <laughs> featuring a large tatted motorcycle riding <laughs> ginger man who bakes a ma- mean bacon quiche and knows exactly how to wrangle clever six-year-olds while making their mom feel loved, loved, loved. What was that? Was that part of it? I don't know. That was on the Amazon. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. <laughs> I'm excited to read it. I mean, you know how I feel about tatted guys, though? I don't know, Rafe. From wrist to neck? Come on. If you had to choose between a tatted guy and a vampire. Oh, this is such a hard question. Talk about Sophie's Choice. Um, the opposite of Sophie's Choice, because you don't want either. That's true. Talk about the opposite of Sophie's <laughs> Choice. Uh, ew, God damn. <sighs> a tatted person would not want to suck my blood. I mean, I would, I'd guess so. how many, okay, are we talking like full body tattoo? Yeah. Oh, God. They can, like neck to toes. Um, God, vampire. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I don't think they get tattoos. I don't know. It's too much. Like, too much. What happened about, a, like, what, what happened to, like, a nice, modest, like, barbed wire tattoo on your bicep? I mean, whatever happened to that? I would rather have neck to toe tattoos (laughs) than one barbed wire. I feel like that barbed wire should just be a red flag. Yeah. um, God, I guess realistically tattooed person, but I wouldn't be happy about it. (laughs) In fantasy, in in my fantasy, if I met somebody who uh, I loved and they had a face tattoo, I would marry them. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me in real life. In fantasy, it matters a lot. More than it should. (laughs) So this is going to be exciting. I wonder uh, what this is going to be like. I wonder if I'm going to be into Rafe or am I going to think he's some sort of hooligan? Mm. Um, He seems sensitive. You know, I wonder if the the cooking scenes are going to make me feel ill. Yeah, that's how we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, I think kids and romance is always tough. Writing kids is so tough. Yeah, because like I don't like kids who have more uh, insight than adults because that yeah. is not true. Kids are very dumb and they say very dumb things and any insight <laughs> is accidental. And occasionally like incredibly spooky things. Yeah, and that, that's just because they have no knowledge of how reality works. They mm-hmm. can think in a way that we don't have the luxury to think. Right. So, yeah. Kids giving advice though. Not a fan. Mm, save it. Yeah. So, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. Because he's buff. Um, this, we should look, do, you, do we know who, because the, there's somebody on our Facebook that uh, actually recommended this. What? Like the, the next book. Oh, yeah. I put it down. Did you put it in here? Her name oh, is. Oh, Yashika. Yashika. Yeah. Okay, great. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so the next book. Is, is one that you put out a call for. Yes. Yeah, so I went on our uh, Facebook uh, group, mm-hmm. the Learning the Tropes troop, and said the Vectal test is getting a little bit dusty. We need a new alien book. And I got an avalanche. We got an avalanche of answers. Thank you guys so much for that. It was so fun. And this one, <laughs> this one really kind of stuck out to me because uh, the <laughs> the alien in this book has four arms Ooh. and three legs. <laughs> Not just like a big dick. So I was... I, Maybe. Who knows? Uh But I was like, sign me up. So it's called, and I might be saying this wrong, the Melier? Yeah, sure. Melier. Um, Women of Door Nye, book one, by Poppy Rice. Reese. Reese. 
Right? Like the person's name? Yes. Poppy Reese. Um, this was a trooper source book. And uh, Yashika said she loved this book. Yeah. Um, so the summary of this is running for her life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Lucia hijacks a stolen cargo ship only to find she's not alone. A giant, beastly alien slave with no memory of his past is now her newest acquisition, and she has no idea what to do with him. Stuck together for the foreseeable future on the journey back to her home planet, Lucia struggles with the decision to keep him close or risk letting him fall back into enemy hands. Outrunning the pirates in pursuit and her own desires is shaping up to be an impossible task. Now, warning, this story contains a non-human alien hero, mature content, graphic language, and some violence against women. So, that is going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm psyched for this. I think we haven't done an alien one in a while. I think it'd be interesting to go back to that well. And uh, it's it just, it's too hard to pass up a book with a guy with four arms and three legs. I mean, yeah, we got to. Uh-huh. I wonder how he's going to stack up to Vectal. I do love Ice Planet Barbarians as being my first alien romance. Uh-huh. I continued on the journey with Ice Planet Barbarians. Where are you at now? I mean, I only then read the second one. Oh, you didn't get to Ice Ice Babies. <laughs> no, not yet. That's, that is truly a book title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and then eventually they, she does start with, because I'm part of the Ruby Dixon like fan page and group because Uh i am a fan page yeah i mean i am a fan (laughs) (laughs) and um, uh and eventually now her aliens have four arms but just two legs oh and a tail i imagine they evolved i don't know because now she's releasing new covers and they have four arms wow is this a this is gonna be interesting yeah, but I'm excited for this one, too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and thank you for everybody who commented on uh, that post. We'll do that occasionally, too. And I think it's that doesn't mean that we won't eventually do one of the other Alien books. Mm-hmm. But the Alien things, I think, need to be few and far between only because they are so bananas yeah. that it's really hard to wrap our heads around them <laughs> in, a, like, a large quantity. And only our two arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- if only I had four arms to hold you. <laughs> yeah um i'm talking about the fans yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah definitely because that's appropriate so just hug your fans <laughs> listen if everyone's consenting it's fine um no i'm excited i'm excited for this month because i have been wanting to read kate claiborne for a long time and the thing about having this podcast i love this podcast but it also means that there's not a lot of time to read non-book non-pod books mm-hmm. so i'm excited to take advantage of that and just start putting books that i want to read in the pod so when that was recommended i was like oh yes for sure um same thing with rafe and then now a new alien one to so we can see the vectal test yeah up or down yeah better is it better than vectal it is he i guess who knows we've we have this conversation sometimes right what like calling an alien a he i think is he he yeah i think he, he. if he identifies as a he we'll find out yeah all right, guys. So tune in for June. June is going to be hot and not just <laughs> because the weather. Mm-hmm. Hot and steamy. Steamy. Um, so on our Instagram, we are going to have the reading order. So if you want to keep on track with that. So check us out on our Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We're also on Twitter at Learning Tropes. You can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Um, and then finally, like we mentioned, the Learning the Tropes troop. We're in there chit-chatting, getting recommendations, um, 
all those fun things. So come join us uh, there. Um, always rate, review, subscribe. We love that you guys do it. You're great at it. Yep. It's how people find us. So thanks so much for that too. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.